with another episode of the anarchist experience episode 364 aka year eight week nine coming at you this week as always i am your host mr richie rich along with mc and ks and since this is your live regularly scheduled clubhouse edition of the show find us there on clubhouse still doing it there uh the the room is the anarchist experience or you can at me at riches for rich r-i-c-h-e-s the number four R-I-C-H, and then you'll get the little notification when I start the room uh, around 4 p.m. Eastern time. Like, we'll open up the room, and then we get the show started shortly thereafter, if you want to participate in it live. Uh, That being said, welcome, gentlemen. And since there is a pressing question on everyone's mind this week, everyone's trying to figure this thing out. I'll ask you, KS, uh, you know, since... Maybe you maybe you missed the news headlines, didn't see the videos. What's going on? Um, in your mind, KS, if you had to define a word, what would you say a woman is? Hmm. Well, I guess if I was put on the spot and said, I mean, to define if it, you were I would questioned say, well, by it's the a Senate. human being of the female sex. Okay, how's that? I mean, good enough for me. It begs more questions. Like you know, what well, is? The female sex is has double X chromosomes and all the female equipment. Uh, you know, I mean, okay. I know there there are people born maybe with uh, aberrations, but it's um, you know uh, reproductive organs and breasts, hormones that that um, cause the woman to develop differently than a man. How's that? Fair enough for me. Um. I don't know how the Senate would react to that, but to, to answer your question, that's that what was that's the question that was asked of Supreme Court Justice nominee. Uh, I forget her first name, Miss Jackson. Miss Jackson. Uh, Tanja Brown Jackson. Sure. All right, go with that. And she could not answer that question. She ducked. She dodged. Her claim <laughs> was that I am not a biologist, so I do not know that definition, Senator. Uh, so there. there, there's your little briefing. If you if you have any comments on that, we were talking about it briefly because the the meme wars on social media went crazy. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know if it's raining. I'm not. I'm not a meteorologist. Type of thing is out yeah. there. So do, does she know if she's a woman? That's what I would. Find. <laughs> okay. okay, and and she answered that. She said, "Yes, I know that I am a woman, and I know that my mother, like my favorite person in the world or whatever, is a woman." But beyond those two people, like, who who the fuck knows? Uh, <laughs> but, okay, so that's the funny part, right? And what I told MC before we hit the record button was it was a gotcha question, right? She's, she's a left-leaning Supreme Court nominee being grilled by, you know, uh, conservative senators and... 
you know that this was being set up in some way. And so she, she purposefully, strategically didn't answer it because it's a gotcha question. Like if she said what you said, right, then it opens up a whole can of worms, especially now in the midst of, uh, you know, trans women are women and, you know, women are, you know, transitioning <laughs> males are allowed to participate in women's sport. And that, that whole leftist ideology that's, you know, permeating culture right now, uh, gets torn down if she actually defines that at the Supreme Court level, right, or as a nominee to the Supreme Court. So she didn't answer it, and what she also said was, I would make that determination, this is not a quote, but it was basically, I would make that determination based on the facts and evidence that were presented to me. (laughs) Okay. So was that fair? Well, I mean, I can see how it's the hot seat, and definitely those guys who dreamed up the question knew that they were going to put her on the spot with the people who were supporting her nomination, you know, because they want her to say it's um, a, a woman is whoever thinks that they are woman. Okay. And, and feels that they are woman. And, and so she's, yeah. So Ted Cruz, who was doing the questioning um, brought, I think it was like title five protection is, am I off base here? Do you guys know title one of those, uh, protected class questions, right? Ted Cruz asks, so if I, if I declared myself to be a woman, would I receive, uh, you know, title five protection under whatever, you know, and she couldn't answer that either. And it's like, so if I declared myself to be a woman and then declared myself to not be a woman, would I lose that protection as a protected <laughs> class? Right. And again, gotcha questions, but I think those are valid as well. Like, what what do you do? Um, Mm -hmm. Here in New... I think I've shared this before. Here in New Hampshire, at least. uh, They let you pick your gender, sex, whatever, you know, MF part on on your ID card. Mm -hmm. With just just like a document. Like, so I have a a friend, acquaintance, I know a guy um, who's like biologically male, married to a biological female, right, has a beard, acts male, right, like dresses like a male, acts like a male, talks like a male for the most part, um, but yet decided that, hey, I'm going to put F on my driver's license here. And so he's legally female as a joke, right? But if he's ever filling out, like, official government forms and wants to get a grant, uh, for, you know, for some business he wants to start, um, he could apply and get, you know, minority status as a woman-owned business. So there's something well, to in that. a sense that the, the problem here is that the government provides different benefits and different treatment of people by different sex. So maybe there shouldn't be any uh, government intervention. You know, uh, you know a private um, school or company could have... Um, male and female bathrooms, but it, it's a good argument why everything should be privatized rather than under government because, you know, the government uh, is in a spot if it's trying to provide these things with a single definition, whereas with a private company, it doesn't matter what the definition is of anyone else except the owner of the property. <laughs> sure. If they were allowed to, but of course that's where the government intervenes to. They're not allowing people to make those uh decisions um, maybe i set up a company and i say anybody who walks through the door 
if they think they're a male, they're actually going to be treated as a female. And if they think they're a female, they're going to be treated as a... Or maybe they should have to prove that they're a male or female by drawing, uh, throwing down their, their underwear to, to prove what they are. That's a, that in, would be a spot. It's huh? an interesting take on it. Reminds me of some of the mask protests, right? Like, if you're not going to wear a mask in here, then you have to come in completely nude. <laughs> Deal. Deal. <laughs> And I know one guy in New Hampshire that would probably take them up on that. <laughs> At least. I'm probably not the only one. Just for the, the shits and giggles of it all. Um, I, this this may not be the appropriate form for it, but I, a long time ago, when I was still posting on Facebook and social media, um, the thought occurred to me, and so I shared it, and now I'm just too scared to do that for most things. Uh, I said, well, if you don't know what gender you are, Right, just put female. <laughs> because for real men, it's not in dispute. <laughs> right? <laughs> like a man knows he's a man. And if there's a question to that, just put female. <laughs> well, couldn't there be, you know, maybe there, there should just be a third option there. You know, neither. None of the above. Okay. And or again, I'll, I'll, I'll go back both? to. How about both? Couldn't you be, you know, one half on on one side is male and the other half is female, and we get along really great. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a it's, it was a great circus act or comedy act or whatever. The, the singer that painted half his body like female or whatever, sang both parts of the song, whatever. Um, <laughs> to bring it back to New Hampshire, very briefly, that is that's also a thing on the license. So they added X, so you can be M F or X as like the third option. Mm-hmm. But the the problem That's is the third option whatever. doesn't satisfy everybody, right? That's why it's LGBTQ plus, right? Because mm-hmm. there's so many fucking letters to that acronym now. Um, for every every smaller even every even smaller minority that wants representation, what would be the consequence of just eliminating the question entirely? You know that you don't need to know or identify. Um, the sex of the person it's an individual and they have the same rights as every other individual sure so we were filling out um setting up a new google account recently and when you set that thing up they they ask you what your gender is and it was you know male female um decline to answer or custom and you can type in whatever you want (laughs) okay so private company allows that whatever yeah Mm -hmm. um I guess for me, the the reason they would ask is because they're an advertising company, right? Like they, they do uh, targeting advertisements, them, Facebook, whoever else, right? All any free service you get, right? If you, if you're not paying for the product, you're the product, your information is being sold. Um, and so if you want, you know, specific targeted ads, it's demographic information, right? Mm-hmm. Like any, any good market research company, should ask that question, right? Age, location, gender, income, income bracket, because they want to know if, if you're the market for their products. I don't have a problem with asking the question. I don't have a problem with not answering the question, right? For, for a long time when I'm filling out, you know, employment forms, like I always assumed because of the name that I put on the form, right? They knew I was a male, there's not there's not a lot of females that have that name on you know not if any uh, at the time 
right? So I would just put declined answer, right? Mm-hmm. All those, all those equal rights, you know, whatever questions. Are like I don't have, I don't have to answer military service. I don't have to answer uh, race. I don't have to answer. I just declined to answer. And you get you then you get nothing but what you can infer from the information I provided uh, and the qualifications that I'm listing for the job at hand. And if that's good enough, then you know. We can do business. If it's not, fine. I'll move on elsewhere, and so will you. Imagine the complication for those countries that have languages where all objects are identified by either a, a male or female um, uh, connotation. You know, la table. Well, um, it's la table and el niño uh, or la niña, in, indicating a, a sex to the storm, to the table, to the chair, to the house. Uh, um, it must be really complicated in those countries now to uh, change the identity or neutralize the identity of, of their whole language. Yes, and that's why you have the whole Latin X movement where they want to replace those A's and O's uh, with an X. Oh, we almost had someone with their hand raised. I was just about to let them in and they're gone. Oh, well. Bye-bye, Ali. Better luck next time. Uh, but yeah, they they... They want to do, they're trying to do that. The left is trying to do that with the language of those countries. Um, and I believe there was some Hispanic pushback going like, uh, no, thank you. We're fine with our language just the way it is, and we shall keep it. So X is the thing, mm-hmm. right? Or Z was a thing, right? He, she, and Z, Z-H-E. There's your third option. What happens when that's not enough? I don't identify as either of those. Maybe you think of yourself as a cat. Maybe. There are those people out there. Furries exist. It's a mm-hmm. weird subculture. Probably don't want to get you into that, Ken. KS. <laughs> but yeah. So, so is, did it, uh, it, I'm guessing that it didn't really hurt her nomination at all. She'll be nominated. And um, uh, Ted Cruz will have made points with maybe some of the supporters for his uh, presidential ambitions. Um, but my guess is that, um, okay, it's made a, a laugh moment for everybody, but I don't think that it's going to endear him to the independent voter. Do you? Ted Cruz? Yeah. Man, I don't know. So I, I, I don't want to say that I'm a Ted Cruz fan. Um, but I would like to think that the independent voter knows the difference between a man and a woman and wants someone on the Supreme Court who also does. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. But, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be nominated. They're, I think it's, I mean, they're not only nominated. They, they were nominated. They will be confirmed. Right. I, th- I don't think there's any doubt they're going to be confirmed. So they'll be on the Supreme Court and... Uh, I mean, he's made a point about how awkward this whole movement is about about male-female identity. But I think most people recognize that what the object of his activity was, right? I mean, to put her on the spot. Right. And but what I'm what I'm saying is that from an independent perspective, um, I think he won that exchange. And yeah. so I don't think yeah. he's going to I don't think he's going to lose independent voters based off that exchange, right? Cuz the the other yeah. thing he brought up during the exchange is like, well, I'm a Hispanic man, right? If I decide to declare that I'm Asian, do I get, you know, protection under Harvard's uh, 
you know, enrollment rules or whatever, right? Can I, can I apply, a, you know, as an Asian well, person? It would be a disadvantage if he did identify as an Asian because they, they have, uh, Asians have a disadvantage okay. with Harvard's admissions. Well, what, whatever it happened to be. <laughs> he should say he's a black female, then, then he would. Sure. Same thing. Better. If you can't define woman, right. Mm-hmm. And races, you know, also, also questionable, right. Elizabeth Warren, doesn't, she still teaches at Harvard, right? Allegedly. Does she? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But un, but got in under the protections of being Native American and then proved that to be wrong or one 1,024th Native American or whatever it happened to be. So who knows? I just, it's, it's weird for me because uh, absent the idea that I don't believe the state should exist, right, and as uh, you know, if we're not eliminating the Supreme Court entirely, I would prefer judges with a little more principle and certainty about things, right? And if the answer was, you know, can you define a woman? The answer was, yes, I can, but it's outside the purview of the job because there's nothing in the Constitution that breaks that down, right, or you know, separates that out, and so it's never going to be a question to brought, you know, brought brought in front of the Supreme Court at a constitutional level, um, I think that would have been a more effective dodge than I'm not a biologist. Yeah, I, I think she was taken by surprise by that question. And her her prep team should have should have anticipated that. Uh, you know, looking at, at the issues of the day, the things that are likely to come up before the court, um, it would have been really smart. In fact, I think she should fire her prep team uh, okay. for not uh, prepping her ahead of time. Because I, I think with anticipation, she and her team could have come up, you know, could have been prepared to answer that straightforward sure. and acknowledge the, uh, the dilemma that's facing them and, you know, all the things they do to, to get around a direct answer. Hey, she was just taken by surprise. Well, she's also then to be fair, she's also being lambasted in the conservative media. Um, for her stance on pedophilia, if you've seen any of this. No, I didn't see that, yeah. So the conservative media is calling her pro-pedophile because she gave pedophiles lighter sentences than the maximum allowed by law in cases that came in front of her. And one of her justifications for that was the Internet makes obtaining uh, child pornography so much easier than print mail that the sentencing guidelines are outdated. And so you have to be more lenient. Mm. And they went, what in the hell? She's okay with pedophiles. <laughs> but she sentenced them just, you know, in her opinion, to sentences more aligned with the crime they committed, whatever that happened to be, uh, than what with, with, than what the, anti-pedophile public would like and that's you know the death penalty for anyone all the time Mm. right okay so does it does her prep team need work on that too so you've got you've got a pro-pedophile uh nominee who can't define the word woman and she's going to be sitting on the highest court in the country and we're okay with that no outrage no problems at all. Well, what do you think should be the penalty for pedof- uh, pedophile um, for child pornog- 
pornography online. And what, what was the crime? Did they purchase it? Did they um, stumble across it? Did they um, um, store it? Did they actually produce it? You know, what, what, was, what were these um, actions? Do we know? That's an excellent question, and I don't know. But I do know that in some of those cases, right, child porn charges are brought against teenagers who sent naked pictures to other teenagers. And to me, that does not sound like a crime at all. I wouldn't put any of those, you know, in jail, in front of a court, on a registry, in any case whatsoever. Now, someone participating in it, right, like, you know, the the person who rapes or molests um, an unwilling minor, right, I'm okay Mm. with maximum sentence. Mm. But if the sentencing guideline says that the teenager who sends, you know, a a dirty pick to the guy that she likes and he gets caught with the pick and he's also a minor and in possession of child pornography, right? If the, if the sentencing guideline says that he has to spend 20 years in jail, uh, Mm. I might be a little lenient on that personally. Yeah, yeah, and the law makes a distinction whether she was sending an underage minor was sending it to someone her own age or sending it to someone who was much older. I don't know if it matters. Um, uh, it's it just, does for the person on receiving end. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, they they do turn it. Well, it depends on the state too, I suppose. Either way, you're in possession but, of child pornography. Yeah. Um, so my guess is that they could have ans- asked her that sort of question, I and mean, they could have probed all kinds of things about Oh, a very sensitive topic. They now, if she gotcha answered question. the way you just did, which I think is a very reasonable way to answer it, um, she would have been vilified for being soft on child pornography. Yeah, Which she is anyway. So that means that, Rich, you probably have no chance of being nominated to the Supreme Court. Oh, no. Whatever will I do? <laughs> and it's recorded for history. My gosh, when, the nom- when you get nominated... And uh, they go through the archives of uh, uh, of this podcast. My gosh, you're going to have lots of the, lots of questions to answer to. I just I just have to wait it out. I remember I used to watch a lot of stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember the comedian Gallagher by any chance? Yes, the guy with the smash the watermelon. Smash the watermelons. Yes, the <laughs> sledgematic guy. Have you seen this guy, Ken? No, I don't yes? think so. Okay, well, you are missing out then. Uh, but do he was popular in like the eighties and the nineties and maybe still now, I don't know. I don't I have no idea if he still does stand up. I think he sold the act to his brother or something. And it's a totally different guy doing the, doing the shtick now. But anyway, Jeff the what Jeff, the Gallagher, Jeff Gallagher. Okay. No, not Jeff Gallagher. Just Gal. I don't, I don't even know his first name. It's like Leo or something. Not the point. The point is in one of his old stand up specials, Right, he's doing his bit, and someone from the audience shouts out, "Right, Gallagher for president!" And he goes, "I will never be president." And I go, like, "What?" And he's like, "Because I smoke dope." And that was, like, back then, that was that was the the death nail, right, for a political career, is if you did drugs at all. Well, then we made it through Clinton and Bush and Obama. Right. Mm-hmm. And so dr- having used drugs in the past doesn't seem to be uh, a deterrent at all for a political career. So maybe, right, some point down the line, 
uh, if, if the left continues their path of dominance and victory and makes all of these uh, deviant behaviors normalized, um, then the things I've said won't matter as much 15, 20 years from now. It will be prophetic. I will be a man ahead of his time for saying stupid shit 20 years ago. What was the smashed watermelon then? That was just his act. Oh, it was just called that. Okay. Because you're, you're right. Now, as, as time moves along, anything that was outrageous and scandalous um, in the past um, becomes normal and no longer outrageous and, yeah. and scandalous. But to him at the time, smoking marijuana, right, was a disqualifying characteristic for a presidential candidate. That's my Until point. Until Bill Clinton came along and, and announced that he didn't inhale in which it was satis- sufficient. Sure. And then Obama was like, no, no, we used to, we had the whole club going. We just smoked weed whenever we fucking felt like it. Look at me now. So that's all I'm saying. I brought it up because it, it always, that, that thought that, you know, because that was so long ago, right? And that was like, that was his reason. Gallagher can never be president because Gallagher smokes weed. In his own mind, like that was the disqualifying characteristic for him ever becoming president. And, and someday the anarchist party will be up uh, one of the top two yeah yeah <laughs> he sounds like a prime candidate now <laughs> if if man if if some of the stuff i said was like brought forth then on from an anarchist party like i'm in right i don't mind and here's that's the other thing right like i've said it on here before i don't necessarily mind political activism uh i just don't take political activism seriously uh and i don't think political activists should take their activism seriously right like my my, you know i i know we disagree on this chaos but i like vermin supreme because he pokes fun at the system right doesn't care about winning doesn't even want to win necessarily i'm sure if he did like fucking fantastic Uh, but his whole political activism shtick is satire and I, and in my opinion, that's the way to do it, right? Running, trying to take over the establishment uh, with a serious bid as a third party uh, seems futile, in my opinion. And the only thing you can do is ridicule the system for what it is, and that's a ridiculous system. You just you just ridicule it, right? You make fun of it from the outside, and I think you know. Uh, I think Vermin Supreme did that the best. And I, again, I, I know people like Ron Paul, um, but as far as like presidential runs, he did a good job of getting out the message, but no chance of winning, right? But everyone got excited, like, he's going to win. He's our freedom guy. Um, and I, th- I think, un- in my opinion, he trapped too many people in the system because they believed that they could get another Ron Paul in the future, and that he would be the, that that new person would be the savior of freedom and the savior of liberty in the political sphere, whereas they could have exited that sphere entirely and started doing agorist shit outside of it and working toward building you know a parallel culture or a parallel society that doesn't involve the government at all. And I would rather be participating in that whilst making fun of it, you know, the, the, you know from afar. I think humor has been much underutilized in the political arena. I think it's a very effective tool, um, should have been taken 
uh, up by a lot more um, people in the political arena. Um, but they, they just don't have a sense of humor. So many of them are just so serious. And, and um, I, th- I think humor can be a very, very powerful tool if done extremely well. I think that's uh, maybe why Zelensky was so you know successful in Ukraine of all places. Of course, look what it got him into. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he was a comedian. So, but will that fly here? I don't know. It's hard to... It's hard enough to be a comedian here now with all the you know the, the PC patrol going on that I don't well, I, I don't think, I think you get anywhere. Effective man. effective satire. Probably when you think about it, some of the success of Trump was that he was very effective at mocking his opponents, pe- getting people to laugh at them, and so yeah. in that to that extent, I think that maybe that was uh, one of Trump's trump cards. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. And then again, back to the, the you know the male female thing. Um, the Babylon Bee got into trouble this week, or at least one of the editors did, uh, because Newsweek or Time or whoever uh, released their you know their their Woman of the Year list that in, included the um, transgendered Secretary of whatever, right? And so the Babylon Bee released they tweeted out that he was their man of the year <laughs> at the same time right as soon as as soon as he was as soon as he was declared woman of the year babylon b said nope man of the year <laughs> and so their their uh twitter account got um uh, removed like suspended they're a satire site everything they do is satire they they have no real news at all on that site oh, that that just proves that uh, twitter has no sense of humor <laughs> right but neither does facebook Right, the the, yeah, the yeah. major social medias they, they lack that entirely, um, and he they twittered like he doubled down. He's like, you know, Twitter said, "Well, we'll open up your account if you delete this tweet." He was like, "No, not happening. <laughs> <laughs> this is satire. You know, everyone knows we're satire. We'll go make our jokes elsewhere if need be, but we're not going to bend the knee uh, to Twitter or to so, uh, Facebook or any other social media." that tries to put a damper on that because that, because that's what comedy should be, right? It's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to poke fun at, you know, social norms. Um, and, but you can't, you just, you can't do that. And Facebook, I don't know how quickly Facebook does, but I said, you know, I said earlier, I don't, I don't really post on social media anymore. It's because I find things funny that other people don't. And I don't want to get banned by an algorithm um, you know, for, for sharing humorous things with, uh, with friends. Like I forget, I, I got it like a 24 hour ban for a comment, um, several months ago. And I knew that, I knew that the ban was coming, right? I don't even remember what the comment was. Um, but there's a, there's a, a host on free talk live Aria who is transgendered, right? And, she posted something on her page, and this is this is kind of what I run what what runs through my head because she's not unlike she's she's not like others of that kind in that she doesn't take it all that seriously. So when I, when I'm thinking about things, I go like, "Is she going to find this funny?" I go, "Yep, she'll probably find this funny." And so I commented on it, and it was something about um, uh, 
transgendered people being too being oversensitive or something like that. I forget what it was. I'm like, she'll get the joke. Uh, but within hours, it's like banned, comment deleted, suspended. At least she saw it. So I messaged her privately. Like, I thought you'd find it to be funny. She's like, it was hilarious. I laughed my ass off. You know, <laughs> really? She personally liked it, but was but she the, the algorithm doesn't ca- the doesn't algorithm care. Doesn't. Oh, okay. So from friend to friend, right? A friend's yeah. comment on a friend's post of something that I thought that they would find humorous was true. They did find it humorous. Um, but Facebook, the overlords and the algorithm decided that no, it was, you know, violated community standards. And well, so you banned. Not going to be able to make a, I, I think it'll be a long time before they can make an algorithm that, that grasps humor. It's also not their place, Right. Yeah, yeah. Like if, if she didn't like it, she could have deleted it. She could have unfriended me. Right. There's, there's a lot of individual things that can be done to prevent you from seeing those things. Right. Mm-hmm. If you don't like the Babylon B on Twitter, guess what? You can block the Babylon B on Twitter and you will never see their post. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you can handle this on an individual level. You don't need you don't need Twitter to do anything about it. You don't need Facebook to do anything about it. You just do it on your own, uh, and then you know people like myself who have odd senses of humor, right? I find a lot of things funny that some people would find offensive because that's just the kind of humor that I enjoy. Again, because it pushes the envelope, pushes the boundary of of societal norms, and it's always been what humor should be. Um, but if we find it funny, just leave us alone. You've given us the platform, you know, to, to, to interact with each other. Just let us do our thing. There's been, there's been groups shut down um, that violated Facebook standards for nudity for posting pictures of works of art because the paintings were in the nude. And that seems outrageous to me. Now, can they do it on their platform? Sure. But because of that, right, I limit my engagement. I just don't post there. And that's my individual answer to that problem. The government need not step in. I just step away. But it shouldn't, it shouldn't even come to that, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, if Twitter or Facebook's going to provide the platform for the Babylon Bee to prevent satire, or to present satire, I should say, right? then just let it be. I don't know anyone out there who thinks that the Babylon Bee provides real news, right? It's like The Onion, Except that they're better than the onion now, in my opinion. But it's always been satire. Anyone who takes it seriously, you know, is mistaken and should be corrected quick, fast, and in a hurry. But you can't get well, mad at the satire because that's what I it think, is. Uh, one of the reasons why is because, um, what's wrong with my mic? It's getting quieter. <laughs> um, is that Facebook and Twitter are on a mission. You know, they're, they're political in the way they do things. And so if their agenda is LGBTQ+, um, then making fun of that uh, is hurtful to them because, you know, they have personal investment in, in their mission. So uh, that's part of the problem is that they're not a free speech organization. They're a political tool. Yeah for their agenda. So anyway, so get off of it, get off of it, get away from it, find some place, you know, 
where you're welcome yeah, or and appreciated. I'm, and I'm surprised there hasn't been uh, more serious uh, contenders against uh, you know Facebook as far as getting people on board. Um, it's my idea, and I, and I still believe this, if, if you want to get a whole bunch of people to participate in it, one, one of the things you, you can do is pay them to. Um, and there is a way to do that, especially with advertisements. Um, uh, the Brave browser does it right now, but it's they they haven't they haven't maximized their potential yet. Um, but they basically serve up ads to you on, on the right side of your PC if you download their Brave browser, and they pay you in these tokens. And these tokens are worth you know uh, like anywhere anywhere from like fifty cents to a couple dollars. Yeah, um, depending on the market conditions. So. I run um, Brave Browser at work just because that's where I, I use the PC most often. Right. And so I've got a couple of Brave tokens and uh, per month, I think. I think I'm up to like 3.5 or whatever. And that's that's fine and all, but that's, it's not quite enough. Um, advertisement is actually worth a lot more than that. And you can know that by uh, all the services like uh, Hulu that, that or even YouTube that their entire platform is paid by advertisers. So they get these, you know, billion dollars, uh, huge platforms and, and they get revenue from advertising. So yeah. you could take some of that advertising and say, Hey, uh, get off Facebook and we'll, you know, we'll cut you in on some of the money that we make for advertising. Yeah. yeah. There's, There's when, when this show wraps up, I basically post it to a couple of hosting sites like SoundCloud and Patreon. Um, and then, but I, on, as far as social media is concerned, it goes up on the Telegram, in the Telegram, on the Telegram page and in the Telegram group, and then on Float. Like, that's the only other place that this thing gets posted. And f- uh, Float.app or whatever, because it was supposed to be like the next thing, the get off a of Facebook thing. Um, I, I know some people who are, or, you know, getting forced off of Facebook. Uh, who are migrating over to float who are already cross posting on float. Um, but I don't post a lot there just because I just, I have found that posting aspect of it to be so less valuable than in the past where I like, listen to me. And I don't, I don't really care enough anymore. Like I do the podcast, I do the radio show. That's enough of my, if, if you can't get my opinion in those things, then like talk to me in person or I don't care. I don't need the engagement. I don't need the dopamine hit for every like or share or subscribe or whatever. Like I just, I don't care. You're doing it wrong. I'm you doing need that. Doing <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. That's what they would say. Like, how, how do you survive? I, I don't know. Just do my own thing, man. Um, but yeah, but, but that's, that's one of the main reasons. But a lot of that was be from the push away from Facebook, right? It was, well, you know, what used to be fun sharing jokes and having a laugh between friends, right, became a concern that, ah, is this one going to get me banned again? Am I going to have to, like, you know, do something? And then then it becomes a chore, and I don't do well with chores. So it became less fun. They made it absolute. they made, like, that interaction absolutely so much less fun that I choose not to do any of it at all. Like the, the only interaction I get on Facebook is like just doom scrolling while I'm taking a shit, right? Like I have nothing else to do <laughs> and I need a screen in front of me because, you know, whatever addiction that is, 
Um, which isn't mm-hmm. really right. Cause there's memes about that too. Like, Oh, what'd you do in the bathroom before fucking Facebook? Well, you read the, read the can of glade. I'm like, yes, I totally read the can of glade. Like <laughs> that's, that's where you read people. Um, so yeah. So, you know, while that's happening, you know, that's when I'm, that's when I'm scrolling. Aside from that, I don't care. You know, I got other things to do. Movies to watch, video games to play, books sitting uh, somewhere that never get read. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be social media. Like I, 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 even, even the Telegram and the Signal groups that I end up in, like my participation is so limited because I don't have the time or the energy. Mostly the energy. I have plenty of time. I don't have the energy to participate in those things. Like I don't know how people do it. Do we have any headlines to read? Yeah, we have plenty. You want to do headlines? I want to hear some. All right. Headline. 65 teens arrested, shackled, jailed because cops found a small bag of weed outside a party. Oh, no. Uh, Headline. U.S. to bring back pirates to seize Russian yachts. Fun times. A headline. (laughs) Markets and private property, not government, protect the environment. A headline, your favorite crisis doesn't justify a dictatorship. Headline, Senate Democrats call for emergency act to target crypto and sanctions. A headline, the statist solution, quote unquote, really is a non sequitur. Headline, Democrats propose inflationary bill to offset inflation. Yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite one. All right. Move that one to the front then. <laughs> headline The Shop Safe Act is a perfect example of how the government rigs the market. Uh, headline Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Preparing for World War III, government tells conscientious objectors to register now to avoid fighting after they're drafted. <laughs> Did you see this thing? No. Okay, it's ridiculous. And finally, headline, is it time to ditch the word capitalism? Not so fast. All right. So you like the inflationary bill to offset inflation? Yeah. Fucking stupid. All right, here we go. (laughs) Democrats propose inflationary bill to offset inflation. Rampant inflation got you down? Don't worry. Democrats are here to help. Uh, Representative Mike Thompson, Democrat California, and Representative John Larson, Democrat Connecticut, and Representative Lauren Underwood, Democrat Illinois, have proposed a bill that would give every American $100 each month to help offset the scourge of rapidly rising inflation. (laughs) Now, I don't know if they cover it in here, uh, but California in general was, uh, the last I saw was proposing up to $800 a month uh, to help the Californians offset their gas costs. Uh, Back to the article. CBS News noted the proposal, which is being called the Gas Rebate Act, The gas stimulus would provide middle-class Americans with monthly payments to ease the financial burden of this global crisis, Thompson said in a statement about the proposal. Not to be outdone, Representative Ro Khanna, Democrat California, and Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, Democrat Rhode Island, have put forth a second proposal, one that would provide a quarterly rebate to consumers based on a tax levy on oil and gas companies. According to a statement from the two lawmakers, their big oil windfall profits tax would charge a per-barrel tax equal to 50% of the difference between the current price of a barrel of oil and its pre-pandemic average price between 2015 and 2019. 
Connor and White House claim to have calculated that if a per barrel price is, say, $120, uh, the tax would raise about $45 billion a year, providing single filers with a $240 annually and joint filers with $360 per year. Another marriage penalty? When you really think of it, this is mind-blowing and counterproductive. Democrats want to offset the negative effects of their own policies by trying to buy our votes. And the money they would send us would have to be taken from us taxpayers in the first place, be printed out of thin air, or just be added to our already astronomical national debt. In any case, it would exacerbate the very inflation whose effects these ignorant asshats purport to be attempting to ameliorate. Uh, Nomura Charlie's McGigget summed up this farcical approach to solving the inflation problem. Uh, quote, you had one job. Unfortunately, as it's so often the case, these best laid plans from politicians are utterly myopic and long-term unhelpful. And I'm not simply talking about the money drops to solve inflation fallacy here. Lol, what? Because instead of letting um, basic supply and demand rebalancing realities work to create demand destruction here, which ultimately kills prices and sends them lower, what these efforts end up doing is creating demand construction, which will only act to stimulate further consumption and push prices even higher. Hashtag facepalm. Uh, as for the tax on big oil, these companies would have to pass on the cost of the tax to consumers, thereby raising the price of gas even further and necessitating another gas rebate for consumers and an additional tax on big oil. Do Dems wish to repeat the cycle ad nauseum until the complete and utter collapse of our economy? Windfall profits? I thought big oil engaged in price gouging only when their enablers in the Republican Party were in power. But gas prices were historically low when President Trump was in office. But now that President Biden has embarked on a war against North American extraction industries and continued Obama's massive arbitrary subsidies of big wind, uh, not Eric Swalwell's nickname, things have necessarily changed quickly. Sustainable green energy can't compete with oil, coal, and natural gas on a level playing field in a free market. Yet the U.S. government has dictated that it must and spent billions of dollars to make that happen. That is a windfall, entirely unearned for green energy. There is a good reason why I did this stickers featuring President Biden's likeness are showing up on gas pumps and on grocery store shelves around the country. He did do this to us, knowingly or not. We were energy independent less than two years ago. In that context, the Ukraine war wouldn't have mattered to us. The humanitarian cost is another matter. We can all agree, Russia bad. Yet now we are relying on countries with most heinous nation status to provide us our energy needs. We are prostrating ourselves needlessly. Democrats have no idea how the real world works because they typically have no experience outside government. This is why no one should be eligible to serve in Congress unless he has run a business or has significant other experience in the private sector. The more there is of something, the less it is worth, worth or will cost. The less there is of something, the more it is worth or will cost. The law of supply and demand can't be repealed even by our elites and would-be tyrants. End of the article. Uh, so you guys chuckled at the headline, but there it is. More rebates to offset uh, inflationary uh, policies. Yeah. Um, this has actually happened before. I remember in 2007, 2008, 
um, the the last time oil prices got up to uh, above four dollars, almost I think five dollars in Hawaii, um, they had a, a stimulus check for five hundred dollars go out to everybody. Okay, and then as soon as those checks went out. Gas prices shot up another twenty five fifty cents. You don't say. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. It's completely pointless. And and so if energy prices go up, that means prices for everything else goes up because everything needs fuel to get around. Um, so that five hundred dollars does not a whole lot. So you need um, more than five hundred dollars. And I, but I would say that I I wouldn't. I'm I'm actually not so upset about stimulus as as an idea but the the problem to me is the the spending the government people get it's like go ahead give everybody as much money as you want i don't really care but stop giving more money to these government cronies these you know uh for, for things that we don't want you know well they're if, not going to give it to the average person like <laughs> let's well, I mean, real. they they do with the stimulus. They they they're giving you know people money, um, but but they're also giving you know paychecks and and more spending uh, through the government. So right, they're giving cronies billions, basically, and average you, Americans hundreds. Right. True. Chaos. Let me see. Let me see if I can. Yeah. Can you hear me? We can. We're waiting for you to talk. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, one point that they made in the article was that uh, in the free market, the uh, oil and petroleum is so much cheaper than other sources of, of energy in which they favor. Um, actually, oil has gotten lots and lots of subsidies and favors and tax breaks over the years. <clears throat> so it's, it's really almost impossible to say what the real comparative energy costs are. I, I, for example... Uh, you know, the foreign oil tax credit, which is an enormous uh, benefit to oil industry compared to others. But also the the military expense that covers the insurance and protection costs of oil companies doing business in very dangerous parts of the world. Um, that's been enormous. So it's, there, there's so much government involvement with oil over the years that it, it's almost impossible to separate out what the real costs would be. Okay. Um, I hear you. And I think that that's going to be a problem with rising prices for Americans. Because without, you know, with, without those subsidies coming into this country, uh, gas prices might look more like they do in Europe and Asia, where they already pay significantly more than Americans. Which is also why they tend to, to drive smaller cars and scooters. And have walking cities, right? Because they, they societally have developed around those higher costs. And I think it's difficult to move Americans in that direction um, quickly. Is that fair? Yeah, sure. yeah, sure. So if, if gas prices are going to go up, you know, bec- because you remove those subsidies and then let them compete naturally... Um, like where, where, where is the cost savings to the average American? Like, are they going to get a tax cut? Are they going to lower, you know, overall taxes, um, for the average consumer? 
so that they can then afford the higher gas prices if they're not taking it from somewhere else, right? If they're subsidizing oil, should they then not be subsidizing uh, electric vehicles, right, which is getting huge subsidies already because they can't compete uh, with, with their gas counterparts, right? Solar, solar panels on housing, huge rebates from the electric companies. Put up solar, right? Save, save money on your taxes, Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's really twisted and convoluted. Like, for example, yes, they have very high gas taxes, but then what do they do with it? They use it to build roads. So it 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 makes it uh, you know much easier for road transportation to compete against uh, you know railroads or trolleys or or just high rise buildings. You know things like that. So again, if how do you measure it then? If 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 you know that it's subsidized, and you know that they're subsidizing the the competing industries, because again they're trying to move people away from oil and gas. How can you how can you tell which is more cost effective? As the articles you know, yeah. questions. Yeah, you can't. Uh, but I think your this is a side thing to your real argument that here. Their solution is always more government, uh, and you know, okay, we've caused all this inflation. Well, no, they don't even say we caused it. They, they'll say that the inflation was caused by Putin. They'll blame it all on him and on some outside source, not not their forty percent increase in the money supply. Um, and so they're just going to compound it. And that's that's really the point of your article, and I think that's an excellent one. Yeah, and clear cut. Yeah, even even the wage <laughs> argument. Right, the, the minimum wage argument going up to 15, uh, at least around here, 15 seems to be the base, right? Like a lot of places are starting naturally because New Hampshire, New Hampshire doesn't have a minimum wage. Um, and so it's the federal guidelines, but I don't know any place that's advertising um, federal minimum wage jobs at this point. Um, you know, look, looking for a job at like, you know, Planet Fitness Night Cleaner was like 12 bucks an hour. It's like, no, not, not a chance. No one's, no one's going to work for that anymore because, you know, uh, unemployment isn't all that high here. And so companies are competing for labor more than vice versa. Um, but it seems to be that if 15 is now the base minimum, they got what they wanted. And yet it's still not enough because they've inflated past it. Right, the the the, yeah. the fight for fifteen won, um, in in spirit, if not in legal in legalese, right? Like they, they didn't move the minimum wage to fifteen, um, but it seems you know again, it seems like that's the the spiritual minimum at this point, for at least around here. But it's still not enough because they they just keep they print more, and so what. What is the average? Again, this is what we talked about a little bit last week. What's the average person supposed to do uh, with that information? Right, like okay, now I make fifteen dollars an hour, but gas is fifteen dollars a gallon. Right. Oh, just buy a Tesla. Okay. Mm. Which is uh, a, a coal-driven uh, uh, fuel in most countries, in most uh, states. Yeah. Right. Well, and Elon Musk isn't stupid, and so Teslas have already gone up in price, 
his Starlink internet service have already gone up in price. Like he raised the price. He goes like, this inflation's out of control. Prices are going up. Thanks, inflation. Uh, but you also you also get arguments from the left and economically ignorant articles arguments, sure. But they go like, well, okay, if these oil companies are raking in all these profits, right, this is the argument. If the oil companies are raking in all these profits, then they should be the one to take the hit, not the consumer. Right? Why can't the well, gas they, companies they, yeah. just make less? <laughs> I know. The, the assumption is that if if the price has gone up, that all of that increase in price goes to the oil company. It doesn't seem to occur to them that in a competitive market, it's going up because the cost of the petroleum, their source of petroleum, has gone up. Okay. But we're talking we're talking strictly about profits, though. Which is the excess, yeah. right above costs. Like I paid this much, and I have this much left over. That's my well, problem. You just have to nationalize it, like Venezuela, and then, then don't want, you don't even have to have an economy. You just destroy everything. <laughs> right. Well, but you say that, and KS, you laughed, but that's what they push towards, right? Yeah. It's too expensive for me. It should be provided. So, you know, there's, you know, tech people on the left that want uh, broadband internet nationalized, right? Because it's, it's too essential to leave to private companies. So internet's now a right, right? Healthcare. Uh, so a friend posted on Facebook earlier today. Um, she was like, well, I'm not feeling so well, but I don't have medical insurance, so I'm going to risk it instead of go to the ER, Right. And all the comments are calling for like, well, they, you should just be on Medicaid and get your free health care because health care is a right, right? Gas prices is too expensive. Here's a government handout and a subsidy, right? Which is a precursor to gas is a right or transportation of some kind, right? If they're going to give you money for gas... Right? Why bother having why bother having prices on the pumps at all? You just go put gas when you need it. <laughs> That's right. It's just a math game at that point, right? They give you the money. Like I, I'm. Uh, this is uh, this is a pet peeve of mine uh, at work, right? When someone comes in fresh from the bank to pay me cash, and then I have to drive back to the bank to give the money back to the bank. To make the deposit. I'm like, dude, you know we can do this electronically now, right? You just you do a bank transfer and the, the bank just like fucking does it in the computer and moves it from one account to the other. You don't have to hand me the cash because then now I have to go to the bank to deposit the cash. Like we can let them handle this on the back end. Uh, so if, if it's just gonna be like a transfer from here to there, right? The government takes your money in taxes, uh pays the gas tax, whatever, and then gives you the money back so you can buy the gas, right? Just skip the middleman. You ever hear that, uh, the, the, that story, the, the, the dude walks, the dude walks into town, the outsider walks into town to get a hotel, puts a hundred dollar deposit on the table. Have you heard this thing? Do I need to tell, try to tell the whole story? Uh, tell me, I don't okay. recall. So the, the, the hotelier takes the $100, 
goes and pays off his uh, bill at the, the shoemaker's place. Uh, the shoemaker takes that $100 and go pays off his bill at the glazier's pace, uh, the glaze, so on and so forth, until it comes back to the hotel. Uh, and then the, the, the outsider comes back from the hotel, decides, I'm changing my mind, takes his $100 and leaves. And yet, all of a sudden, with that $100 that he put down as a deposit, all the debt in the town is wiped out. Because now nobody owes anybody anything because they all paid it off based on him putting a $100 deposit down. Well, there's there's a problem with that. Okay, go for it. Tell me the problem with that. If the money was already spent, how did he get his $100 back? <laughs> well, because someone else owed the hotel money for a previous stay. Eventually. <laughs> okay, if, that has nothing to do with the guy putting down the $100 then. Well, that's my point. That's that's I understand that because it's the problem is a math problem on paper, right? Like accounts payable equal accounts receivables in everybody's books. And so there was actually no debt to pay off. They just needed to move the money around on the books to show that it had been paid off across the board. But you said the guy came back and took his money back. Yeah. Well, it wasn't there. It was it was already um, used to pay off the, the debt, so it's not there to give back to the guy. Yeah, no, but it cycles back to the hotel. Some somebody someone another business down the line comes back and pays their hotel bill. I'll have to. Okay. I won't do it now. I will find the the story for UKS because I'm trying to do it quickly. Okay. Kind of at the end, but it basically is. It's a math problem. It's a problem on paper, right? Everyone's accounts payable equals accounts receivables, and so this hundred dollars pays off all the debt, but there wasn't really any debt in the ecosystem. It was just all on paper. Okay. So I'm trying to okay. tie this into the gas thing, right? If all they're doing is shuffling the money around. Right, like you pay your taxes, the tax goes here, money goes there, blah blah blah, you know, and then they give you back the money to buy the gas, you know, part of which goes to the tax. Why bother with all that? Just you know, you know, have have the have the taxes uh, buy the gas from the gas company, and then Californians just fill up for free, right? You don't need you don't need the I hand you money to hand it back to me phase of it. Is my point? Yeah. Well, you don't even need any of that. You just abolish the government and people could just buy what they want with their own money. Also a good point. <laughs> a much better solution. A much a much uh, a less less theft involved version. Absolutely. <laughs> but I, but that's the thing. They want to they want the they want to do the the handing out the money very publicly, right? Like, "Hey, look at all this stimulus money for you." Um, and then take it away quietly uh, through the taxes. That everyone knows is there, but you know doesn't want to acknowledge that exists. All right, right final on. thoughts. None. All right, that'll do it for us. Then you guys know where to find us: anarchistexperience.com on Telegram, t.me/anarchistexperience, or t.me/theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to this show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com/theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening. I will talk to you all next week. Peace. Aloha. Oh, got a rim shot in there.